0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
0: Now, um, Dan Kelly is the president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. They represent the small and medium-sized businesses in this country. They are the number one employers in Canada, as we've been saying for years. And Mr. Kelly wrote an op-ed piece, which uh, was headlined... Ottawa leaves small businesses to pay the heaviest price for its climate agenda. And yesterday, when the Saskatchewan court ruled as it did, the Saskatchewan CFIB expressed, quote, extreme disappointment, end quote, in the court's decision. Dan Kelly, President, CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Dan, thank you very much for the time. Happy to be here. So let's talk about uh, the the op-ed, the point that you make in the op-ed that The federal government, Ottawa, leaves small businesses to pay the heaviest price for its climate agenda. What are the nuts and bolts of that?
2: So when the feds introduced the federal carbon backstop, and that's the carbon tax that exists in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Ontario, and New Brunswick, they did it in a different way than some of the carbon taxes or carbon pricing schemes that had been in place in Alberta, in British Columbia, or or even Quebec. They did it by basically providing a rebate to consumers. Now, you know, those of us, I live in Ontario, I'm in Calgary today, uh, but but those of us in in those four provinces have been hearing the advertisements from the federal government saying that, good news, you're going to be getting back more in terms of a rebate than you're actually going to pay in the carbon tax, so you don't have to worry about this at all. Now, there are some of us that aren't sure that that's actually going to come to be, that we're actually going to end up paying more indirect and indirect costs anyway. But if we believe the federal government that consumers are going to get more than they actually pay, who is going to be getting less than they actually pay? So we looked into that at CFIB and discovered that, of course, once again, it is small and medium-sized firms, those that I think are often the, the, the least able to pay for some of these new taxes, they're going to be paying a ton, almost 50 percent of the co- total carbon tax take, and getting back very little. In fact, only seven percent of the rebate pool is targeted at them. Of course, that you know that that's one thing that we're paying. Way, small business owners are paying way more than they're going to get back in the carbon tax. The other thing that's adding insult to injury for our members is that of that little seven percent rebate that they promised back to small business, we've been in the tax now for a month. And there is zero information about what that small rebate is going to look like for these very same small business owners. So that is uh, insulting, I think, to a lot of small firms who are already feeling that the federal government has long abandoned them with the small business tax changes that happened in 2017 and a host of other issues.
0: And this carbon tax will affect them financially, bottom line.
2: It sure will. I mean, this, this one fully phased in is going to be $6 billion. And so if half the burden is coming from small firms, that's $3 billion of new tax money coming out from business owners, mostly small and medium-sized business owners, in just four Canadian provinces. And of course, you know, with uh, the change in government in Alberta and and uh, the new Premier Kenny's uh, promise to uh, to pull Alberta from its existing carbon tax, one expects that the feds would then impose the federal carbon backstop in Alberta as well, which means that TAKE would even be larger.
0: So, Dan, what does this do to the, uh, and we, we talk, you and I talk about this uh, periodically, the sense of confidence or the lack of the sense of confidence that exists in the small business community in this country? And and I mean in a sense of confidence as far as the stewardship of the regulations and the rules they have to follow is concerned. What what uh, has the last month or the last couple of months, and then yesterday's decision, what impact will that have? Not only on the sense of confidence in, in Saskatchewan, where ninety one percent of small businesses or CFIB members supported the uh, the government, but, but nationally, what's what's it what's it going to do? What impact is it having on the sense of confidence of small business?
2: Well, I think there's three lenses that I'm looking at, uh, that, and I'm certainly hearing from members. I've I, I got certainly an earful from uh, some of our reps that are visiting Alberta members uh, about the, the prospect of the federal carbon tax here in this province. But in the existing provinces, and the four that, that it's imposed in today, uh, there are three ways that we're looking at this. One is from a fairness perspective. It's deeply unfair to expect small firms to pick up the tab, the lion's share of the tab, Uh, for the carbon tax, and you meanwhile give rebates larger than the amount they pay for consumers, exempting all sorts of big emitters from the carbon tax uh, in in large part. The second is from a competitiveness perspective. If you're a small business, a small manufacturer, and you're competing against uh, uh, somebody that is in the U.S. and has no carbon tax whatsoever, that, again, sets your business back, means that you're not going to be able to create the jobs in your own home province Or or expand your operations because you're now you've got one hand tied behind your back, courtesy of the government. And then the third lens, the the third thing that I'm I'm hearing more and more about is just the sense of anger that is out there about from small business owners about what has gone on with government over the last number of years. Remember, I mean, the the federal liberals promised that they would lower the rate of taxation on small business to nine percent during the election campaign. They cancelled that in their very first budget, then introduced the largest number of tax changes for small business, negative tax changes for small business in 40 years, then after the pushback, kind of pulled back from that, reinstated their promise, taped it back together, then they increased Canada pension plan premiums, now there's a new carbon tax. The hits to the small business community over the last number of years have been enormous, and many of them are are feeling really, you know, that, that the government doesn't appreciate the contributions that these small and medium-sized, independently-owned and operated businesses are, are playing. So those are some of the some of the things we're hearing from small business owners, hoping that the courts would uh, come to their aid with the Saskatchewan case. It was close, uh, but mm-hmm. not there yet.
0: Three to two, and I'm going to say this to Premier Mo in the next hour, but three to two really validates the challenge.
2: It, it sure does. I mean, look, uh, there, were, there were some that believe that this is a... Uh, you know, if you believe the federal government that this is an open and shut case, that the feds have absolute power to do what they're planning to do. Uh, I think when you look at the decision, it shows that there is at least some question as to whether that is true or not, whether at a more senior level of court, when it gets to the Supreme Court or these other court challenges that are happening in, from the other provinces, whether or not they will be successful, it remains to be seen. Um, but... I, but but our members are behind their provincial governments in challenging the federal government's authority uh, on, on on imposing this carbon tax. But even in advance of that, we're calling on the feds today to get back to the bargaining table. I mean, small business owners are on board to try to do something to combat climate change. They're on board. They, they've done a lot already to try to in- reduce their environmental footprint. And they're I think, from what I'm hearing from members, uh, they're willing to do more, just as Canadians are willing to do more. The way that the federal carbon backstop has been administered, though, is an absolute nightmare, uh, imposing all sorts of new costs on on small and medium-sized firms across the country with very little relief.
0: Well, with this government, it's not enough if you support uh, living responsibly and environmentally responsibly. You have to do it their
2: way. Well, and and look, there are many pathways to this. They have provided some flexibility to some provinces, so we're not getting the same reaction right now in Nova Scotia, uh, PEI, and uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, where there have there has there have been other approaches taken. That's that's really what the Fed should be doing is working with these very same governments. The, I have not heard anything from from the Ford government on Ontario to uh, to any you know to the governments of, of Manitoba, New Brunswick. Uh or Saskatchewan or even Alberta, that they're unwilling to do things to try to address some of the root causes here, but there needs to be some flexibility applied there needs to also we need to also recognize that there are consequences of some of the actions that we are taking and i'm I'm not sure imposing the burden on on small and medium sized firms giving exemptions to larger emitters, rebating consumers back more than they're supposedly paying is the way to go.
0: And buying refrigerators, twelve million dollars worth of refrigerators for a very wealthy company.
2: Man, that just threw <laughs> to use the analogy threw some more carbon onto the fire for small business owners when the when the federal government announced this rebate. I mean, that was just blah blah. that was
0: just brutal. That was just absolutely brutal.
2: What a communications nightmare! Uh, and and honestly, it defend, it offended so many small business owners. So we looked into the program, Roy. That that's provided the source of funding. There was uh, almost, a, I think, it was a half a billion dollars in this low carbon, low uh, low carbon economy fund that the federal government put together. It's a closed fund. They already, the you know, the, the applications had it had stopped. However, when we looked into it, get this, the federal government promoted this as a fund available to small and medium sized businesses with as few as one employee. So it sounds great. You can apply to get some money back to try to, you know, buy yourself a new freezer in your small little independent grocery store or the little corner store that you happen to operate. However, when we pour through the details at, at CFIB, our research team in Ottawa, found out, looking at the footnotes here, that the minimum grant that you would have to take from this fund was $500,000. And to get that $500,000 minimum grant, you as the business owner would have to spend two million dollars (laughs) in your business I mean why would on earth would you promote a fund to small firms with as few as one employee and then require them to spend two million minimum to be able to access the fund and I got to tell you when we found that it just it just reinforced for me why so many of these government grant and loan programs are so ridiculous, and why small businesses give them a pass altogether. So I'm not optimistic when the feds get their act together and announce their new 7% rebate for small and medium-sized firms that it's going to be any better, because the track record on grant programs, quite apart from just this government, from governments in general, is brutal.
0: Dan, I have two more questions for you. Can you stay with us a couple of minutes? Absolutely. Longer? Okay, let me take a break. Dan, just uh, about 90 seconds more. Thank you for taking the time, by the way. I really appreciate always speaking with you because your members are the number one employers in this country. But when we say that, how many Canadians does small and medium sized business, the small and medium sized business community, nationally employ?
2: So uh, t- small businesses are Canada's largest source of private sector jobs. Almost 70% of private sector jobs are with small firms. Companies with fewer than 50 employees, and that's 8 million Canadians, larger than any other group, uh, any other employer group in the country. So, what's good for small businesses is good for employees. And the point that we keep trying to drive home to government: uh, we we should be concerned about the middle class. The way to improve the middle class is helping small and medium-sized firms succeed in Canada, and not tying their hands behind their back.
0: Yeah, and not creating a negative environment for them where they may get out of the business earlier than they had initially in, uh, intended to because because of the weight of the regulation and all of the obstacles they face. Dan, I thank you so much for the time. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again.
2: Happy to do it. Thanks so much.
0: Bye-bye. Dan Kelly, President CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts,